0: Well, I believe it was a radical self-expression. I just called a friend one day and said, let's burn a man on the beach.
1: Let's burn a man on the beach. Let's burn a man on the beach.
0: There. Howdy, everyone. This is Steve Robbins. And this is Evan Shulman. And this is Burning Man
1: According to Us.
0: This is episode two. And in the last episode, we started off really talking about what Burning Man is and means to us. And we'd like to cover a little bit more about that this episode and then start to dive into what makes it really uh, an, an experience unlike any other. What is it that creates that unique Burning Man ness?
1: Yeah, and we're going to, you know, dive in a little bit more to the kind of definitions as we see it. Uh, We're going to dive a little bit more into what all these 10 principles are that we keep referencing, and we mentioned in the last episode, uh, and really just start to kind of get into the weeds of the words and the culture that we are going to continue talking about.
0: And you know, a lot of people, when they talk about Burning Man, you'll also hear them refer to Black Rock City. And of course, experienced burners use the words almost interchangeably. But um, what is Black Rock City? What is Burning Man? And are they separate things? or Are they the same thing?
1: Yeah. So this for me was, uh, I'd only ever heard of Burning Man. Oh, we go to Burning Man. Oh, have you heard of Burning Man? Um, and I didn't really understand the concept of Black Rock City, but it wasn't until, you know, I went there, you're driving in, uh, you know, last episode, I talked about how the expanse of the city, you know, really, you know, uh, made my jaw drop a bit. Um, and that's when I kind of realized for me that, oh, no, this is a city. This is a city in the desert, in Black Rock Desert. And I kind of saw it as you go to Black Rock City, uh, this kind of municipality that's built in the desert, uh, to experience this thing that is called Burning Man. So I, I did kind of see them as uh, separate and overlaying. You kind of need Black Rock City to have Burning Man. Although I guess if you go back to the original uh, burn on the beaches of San Francisco, you didn't really need a city to have burning man um so that was just my kind of quick take on that what about you steve
0: sure well also it could be argued that the original baker beach burns were really different in character from what happens now yes yeah. it was 200 people and they didn't have theme camps or costumes or anything they just did the burn part um but for me for me i don't think that burning man in its current form would really work in any other setting you could do something in some other setting that would work but it would i think it would end up being and feeling very different from current current burning man Black Rock City, to me, is a city. And that was, I think I may have mentioned this last episode, I mentioned this to everyone I talked to about Burning Man. This is my complaint when people talk about sex, drugs, and rock and roll with Burning Man. Going to Burning Man and talking about the party scene is like visiting New York City. And at some point, you, you get a hot pretzel from a vendor on the sidewalk, and then you go back to wherever you're from and go, oh my God, New York City is all about hot pretzels.
1: Yeah, like, that's right. Well,
0: yeah, they do have hot pretzels there, but it's a city. <laughs> they have a lot of other things there too. And for me, that was the thing that was so surprising about Black Rock City is you have barbers, you have restaurants, you have bicycle repair shops, you have massage places and beauty salons. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of the things that you have in a city. It's just all being done by participants out of their tents using the materials that they brought with them. And it's really cool, and it really it really gets you to understand, for me, what it means to be with a group of people and create a little a little civilization, and yeah. that's really different from let's go to a big party.
1: Yes, absolutely, and um, and I think obviously there's an interplay between uh, the burning of the man and the city because you know perhaps if there wasn't some big kind of climactic event towards the end of the week, um you know, that wouldn't be enough motivation for people to go out there and spend the time to build the city, or maybe it would. Um, But obviously, there's this dynamic of, you know, people go there and there's almost everything that you would experience in any other city, you would experience uh, at Black Rock City, as you mentioned. Um, But also, there's this thing that happens at Black Rock City that doesn't happen at a lot of other cities, um, which is, you know, the burning of the man at the end of the week, and also the burning of the temple, which I guess are kind of part of the ritualistic aspects of why this thing emerges and then ceases to, uh, ceases to be at the end of a week. Um, Well,
0: and the transience that you're talking about, I think is a really important part of the event. And it's something that I really appreciate only grew to appreciate my first burning man when, uh, so I left my camera in my tent. I burning man is to be experienced directly for me, not through a lens and not through Instagram and not through any of these other things. And I remember thinking they were going to be burning one of the sculptures that I really liked. These three lighthouse towers, absolutely gorgeous sculpture. I really wanted to see the burn and it was at 6am. And it struck me that without recording equipment and YouTube and all this stuff, I have to decide how to make my reality. I have to make a deliberate decision that this is something I want to see enough to get up. And that Mm -hmm. sounds small, but, but it really hit me that this is a decision we've removed from our lives to a large degree. And by removing the decisions from our lives, interestingly enough, that means that instead we, we largely adopt a reactive mindset. Instead of saying, I'm going to deliberately create my experience and decide, am I going to do A or B? We just go with whichever one happens to be on our feed. And we figure well we can just go to YouTube later and look at the other one.
1: Uh, because the and- experience is going to be captured or, you know, you you kind of have your on demand of, of at a later point in time when I'll experience this thing, if if I so happen to or if it shows up in my feed.
0: Exactly. And this to me gets to the difference between Burning Man and Black Rock City and a regular city, and also the difference between Burning Man, Black Rock City and and a festival, say. Because you and I, I think, have discussed how we don't like the word festival with mm-hmm. respect to this. But one of the things about Burning Man is the is it is transient. It has a defined start point and a defined end point. And if you want to experience it, that's the only time you can show up. And if you say, oh, well, I'm too busy, well, then you don't get to experience it. And this is in contrast to a regular city where you just kind of are there, and it's there, and you can visit it, visit it anytime. And I think that having that time limitation on it, first of all, gives you a deliberateness about the way that you participate and the way that you choose to go and you have to decide this is something i want to do but also makes it kind of special because so much of what goes on there once it ceases to exist this year is never going to occur again something else will occur next year and sure there are some people who bring the same project back multiple times but basically it is a one-time experience every time you go
1: yeah And I think also comparing that to other cities, you know, in some sense that's true for any other place you go or any other city you go, right? Like, yes, you know, I, I have just moved from New York. Um, If I go back, some parts will be the same. Some of the restaurants that I love will still be there, but obviously there's going to be different people around uh, (laughs) different levels of delays on the subway system. Um, Maybe the restaurants will have changed. And so, you know, it's kind of like this idea of immediacy and um, temporariness that we see uh, on a grander scale through Blackrock City. Technically, that also exists in any city, right? Like things are always changing. And I think it's almost a testament to this idea that, you know, relish the the present moment that you're in and that things won't necessarily be the same uh, as they once were. Dude, Um, are
0: you saying you can't go home again? Is that what you're (laughs) getting at? Mom and apple pie just won't be there next time?
1: Uh, uh, only if you choose to make the apple pie and uh, deliver it to your mom, perhaps. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: that's that self-reliance participation part, isn't it?
1: I know, I know. And then and then the other thing to, to what you're talking about, um, uh, yeah, Burning Man happens at Black Rock City and it's built and then it's t- torn down. Uh, and yet we have these regional networks. Um, and I think that really speaks to this idea that, yeah, this isn't just about a event in the desert it's about this community and culture uh, and these these principles that exist outside of that particular time and space yes going to that particular time and space and experiencing it and participating it um, helps you or at least uh, speaking for myself helped me to understand uh, you know what it is all about versus just reading about it um, but then the idea that even though that has lived and then died and that you know happens every year um it still kind of lives on through the culture and the principles in action outside of that particular time and space. And having discussions like like this is a way to kind of uh, continue the spirit of it, so to speak, so that it kind of lives on beyond the material things that are built and uh, destroyed at the end of a week.
0: And this is what brought you and me together which is that we met and after a five-minute conversation, it became apparent to us that what both of us are really jazzed about the event isn't any one specific party or or one aspect of it, but instead is the culture that underlies the whole thing. And frankly, I want to just turn this over to you because you put this so brilliantly since you have a background in this stuff, whereas I'm just a random productivity podcaster, <laughs> leadership geek who just happened to wander into Burning Man one
1: day. That's your culture and that's how you participate, Stever. That's a good, that's a good thing. <laughs> Thank
0: you. You're being radically inclusive. And in just a few <laughs> minutes, everyone will know what these terms mean. <laughs> so then they'll be able to go like, yeah, those two guys. Yeah. Um, so- <laughs> So tell me some of your some of your thoughts and observations on the culture, because to me that's the thing that makes Burning Man really different. And this is why I would call Burning Man the, the phrase I like best is intentional community, mm-hmm. because that captures to me the idea that it is a city that has a defined place. It's a community that has defined norms, which are these ten principles that that we're going to be leading into, uh, and it has its own culture, and it's intentional because. It reinvents itself and it strives to adhere to these principles. And there's an ongoing conversation about what do they mean, how should they manifest, uh, and that's really, really cool, you know. And it's and it's temporary. So an intentional temporary community is the way that I like to describe it. And by the way, some of the stuff that goes on there is music and art and and you know bicycles and dust. But <laughs> what makes it really special. It, to the degree that dust. I want to go back is yes. <laughs> oh God, is there a lot of dust? <laughs> but it's friendly dust as long as you bring your your goggles and and your dust mask and so on. Anyway, so tell me because you've you've done some great thinking about this and you have a wonderful metaphor for it, and uh, talk to us about culture.
1: Yeah. So um, as mentioned in the last episode, uh, you know my kind of uh, introduction to Burning Man was through. Um uh, the program, my minor in, in college, which was human complex systems. And one of the professors there and human complex systems was, you know, sociology, anthropology, complexity, science, um, really understanding memes as kind of the DNA of culture. And that was my introduction to it. So that obviously that, that shapes a lot of how I see it. Um, but definitely, you know, yeah, as you mentioned, Steve, when we were chatting in the desert, we said, Oh yeah, it's really this, this thing at large and this kind of, you know, the, the, um, whole is greater than the sum of its parts as we see the thing uh, as a community and as a culture. Um, so wh- one of the things I wanted to read about uh, was, you know, on, on uh, Burning Man's website, uh, they have a blog, and they actually have a lot of blog posts that talk about the philosophy behind the culture and things like that. Um, so it, one, one aspect of the culture and community is that, you know, every year, even though the city is built and then uh, destroyed or t- torn down, is they do try to have a, a theme to it. And so this this past year's, uh, the theme was iRobot. And it's just kind of like a provocation or a, or a thing to make people think about it. Um, and that kind of sets the seed for the culture, uh, or I guess the style of the culture that one might experience when you go to, uh, to Burning Man at Black Rock City. 2019, metamorphosis. Yes. And that is, uh, I think we talked about last episode, like my word for Burning Man was transformation. Obviously, I'm not the only one who feels that way. And so if you go to the website and kind of read about the background for why metamorphosis was chosen, it talks a lot about that transformational experience and what that is. And again, that sets the seed for, you know, maybe what art projects are going to be on the playa or what interactions you have on the playa. And it's not prescriptive, right? It's not saying your thing has to be about this. Um, But it does seed uh, the creative um, uh, theme for people to think about and consider either in their actions or what, what they ultimately try to bring uh, to the playa. So that's really cool. But, again it's not like oh here's a theme now we're done with it and okay on to the next thing on to the next thing um i was actually surprised to learn that there's this kind of reflective piece uh on uh the burning man uh blog posts that kind of says okay like you know now that we've gone through this experience had these conversations what does that mean so i was reading uh and again anyone can search for this it's uh the theme for this past year was iRobot, and it was talking about how you know hey we, we Computing and artificial intelligence are increasingly taking over and and getting involved in our lives. And what does that mean? Um, So the theme was iRobot. And uh, on August 13th, um, this is, I guess, actually written uh, prior to uh, uh, Burning Man this year starting. Um, But the theme, uh, the title of the blog post was Artificial Intelligence Was Never About Intelligence, Conclusion to the iRobot Series. So there'd kind of been some back and forth around, hey, what does it mean? And that was kind of setting the, the philosophical or cultural underpinnings. And this is written by uh, Caveat Magister, um, which I'm guessing is a playa name.
0: Either um, <laughs> <but, laughs> I, that or somebody whose parents grew up in the 60s. <laughs> yeah,
1: quite possible. Uh, no judging. Um, but I'll let you, I'll let whoever wants to read it, you know, go to the website and read it. But I was looking through the comments because those are obviously interesting to re- uh, read through and kind of get other people's takes. And this comment was written by uh, Cyrus V., C-Y-R-U-S-V, and this is a response to the blog post. I'll just read it. It says, quote, what we uh, we are talking about here really is the question of what is, quote, good, and can an AI be and do, quote, good in the world? Not good in the beneficial sense, but good in the Robert Persig, quote, Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance sense. That book and the greater works on the metaphysics of quality explore the foundations of, quote, goodness and quality in the human condition, their ultimate conclusion being that, quote, good things come from a moment of creation beyond conscious thought where the creator through their experience was only moving in a general direction and suddenly and often unexpectedly found themselves somewhere important. Pop psychology books call this the flow state, a state enabled through thousands of hours of practice and prior experience, but ultimately something beyond the sum of that experience. And ultimately isn't that what Burning Man is all about. It is really a community and a culture that exists simply to make that flow state more attainable. The 10 principles simply make attaining that metaphysical quality more likely it is simple but at the same time astoundingly complex it is through the striving for the preposterousness of something like black rock city that something infinitely more important like discovering the goodness and quality that we are capable of is explored
0: and you know one of the things speaking of the flow state i have people ask me what do you do at burning man (laughs) and this year i paid conscious attention to that there was one day where I thought, gee, I, what, what do I do at Burning Man? And I was like, I'm going to keep track. And I got up and I brushed my teeth and I made one of my little uh, mountain house uh, um, dehydrated meals, excellent brand, easy to transport, tasty. Um, and then I went and visited someone and then I got a cappuccino and then I went out and looked at a statue, and then it was time for dinner, and, and then I rode on an art car. Now, that doesn't sound like very much, mm-hmm. but at least for me, at Burning Man, because of the principle of leave no trace, because of immediacy, some of the things that are built into the culture, and again, we're going to go through the 10 principles in just a moment, It you are forced into a state of such mindfulness that even though all I'm doing is wandering over to visit a friend, I am present in this amazing place with all these amazing people and this cool stuff happening every step of the way Absolutely. from where I am to meet my friend. So even though I'm quote unquote, just meeting a friend and you know, in today's world, even getting together with a friend spontaneously is a heck of an achievement. Um, the entire experience, and I didn't make this connection until you just said this, until you just said the flow state, um, It re- that's really it. Well, that's thanks to Cyrus,
1: they were kind of writing about that and, and it resonated with what I was thinking. So yeah, like, you know, getting these ideas out and, and having them shared and triggered in others is, is part of the conversation.
0: Yeah. And, and the, you know, I, so, yes. Yeah, so for anyone who's listening, flow state, burning man, same thing. Um, <laughs> and at least for me, it's also there's also been a lot of really interesting synchronicity and stuff, and I have a fabulous story which I'm not going to tell this episode. You'll have to tune okay, in a future one because I've got to get in order to tell this story. It requires you know, it requires enough time and and setup and so on. But um, let's just say that I had some of the I, I I went to MIT. I'm total Mr. Science Boy. I don't believe in anything except the observable universe. Yada 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 yada, and I had an experience. It did not involve altered substances, <laughs> let me stress that. I had an experience at Burning Man that was kind of like the universe saying, okay, you believe that everything that there is, is right here, easy to understand. Let me give you a counter example. <laughs> and that counterexample example was made even deeper this past week when somebody approached me about a business something, and we discovered we had met at the burn. Whoa although we had not tried like we this was separate we had actually met and talked but we didn't know each other's real life names and we in no way stayed in contact and not only did we meet at the burn but we met in in conjunction and connection with this almost mystical experience that i had and so i was like wait, out of 70,000 people, the one person connected with the mystical experience that I've been trying to locate the people who were involved in, and I've been trying for the last year and a half to find them again, wasn't able to do it. And one of them just happens to call me out of the blue, you know, for business reasons. Really? <laughs> it was just, it was just bizarre. Yeah, that's
1: you know a thats a hell of a trailer, Stever. I, oh, I think yes. we should do an episode on synchronicity because I think that would be interesting to speak about just the things that emerge in the dust, and then when you're when you've left, and how that still impacts you, I think it's fascinating.
0: So, at the root of Burning Man are these things called the ten principles, which are really a codification. They weren't made up in the sense that uh, Larry Harvey, the founder of Burning Man, he didn't say, "Here, let me think up ten principles, and we will go create this community and see whether or not it attracts people who build big, beautiful artwork." Exactly. That was not how it happened. <laughs> what happened was. Uh, 18 years into the existence of Burning Man, he uh, other people wanted to start doing regional burns. They said it's a big event, and we want to start doing things that are that kind of have the same culture, but we want to do them all over the country or all over the world. And at this point, there's a lot of them. And so, Larry Harvey, the creator of the event, uh, and the rest of the Burning Man organization, I guess, um, or, or maybe it was just him. I actually have no idea the details. Uh, tried to codify what is it that distinguishes a burn or a regional burn from just a big party somewhere. And they came up with the ten principles. and the ten principles is their attempt to codify not the culture that should be in any s- deep you know philosophical sense of civilization and philosophy, but what is the culture that we do have? What is the culture that has developed that makes this such a special event? And if we can codify it and write it down, then people can take these principles, and there turned out to be 10 of them, although there's an 11th being proposed. People can take these 10 or 11 principles and construct their own events. And by really thinking deeply about the principles and how those principles are expressed through their events, they can create something that also has that sort of culture and amazingness that Burning Man brings with it. Uh, So- if you want to learn about those and you're listening, you can check out journal.burningman.org, J-O-U-R-N-A-L.burningman.org forward slash ten principles, which is one zero P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E-S. So journal.burningman.org slash ten principles. And if this turns out to be posted online someplace where there are links, we will include a link to that in with wherever this is posted. Yep. So on that happy note, why don't we review the 10 principles? Because we're going to be doing an episode on each one going forward. But let's do a quick overview. And Evan, go for it. Jump sure. In.
1: So uh, the first uh, one that's listed, although they don't, they don't have numbers next to them. So I think it's in no particular order. Uh, maybe I'll do some digging and see if that's the case. But uh, the first one as listed on the site is Radical Inclusion. And it says, anyone may be a part of Burning Man. We welcome and respect the stranger No prerequisites exist for participation in our community. Simple as that.
0: Yep. The second one is gifting. Burning Man is devoted to acts of gift giving. The value of a gift is unconditional. Gifting does not contemplate a return or an exchange for something of equal value, which means gifting is not barter. Gifting is unconditional giving of gifts.
1: Yep. Then after that one, there is decommodification. Uh, In order to preserve the spirit of gifting, our community seeks to create social environments that are unmediated by commercial sponsorships, transactions, or advertising. We stand ready to protect our culture from such exploitation. We resist the substitution of consumption for participatory experience.
0: We're going to have a lot
1: to say on this topic.
0: (laughs) Radical self-reliance. Burning Man encourages the individual to discover, exercise, and rely on his or her inner resources, something that very few of us have ever had a chance to do in modern in modern civilization.
1: Yes. Uh, after that, another radical one, radical self-expression. Radical self-expression arises from the unique gifts of the individual. No one other than the individual or a collaborating group can determine its content. It is offered as a gift to others. In this spirit, the giver should respect the rights and liberties of the recipient.
0: Communal effort. Our community values creative cooperation and collaboration. We strive to produce, promote, and protect social networks, public spaces, works of art, and methods of communication that support such interaction.
1: Mm -hmm. Then we have civic responsibility. We value civil society. Community members who organize events should assume responsibility for public welfare and endeavor to communicate civic responsibilities to participants. They must also assume responsibility for conducting events in accordance with local, state, and federal laws.
0: Leaving no trace. Our community respects the environment. We're committed to leaving no physical trace of our activities wherever we gather. We clean up after ourselves and we endeavor whenever possible to leave such places in a better state than when we found them. Our parents taught us this in kindergarten and most people seem to forget it.
1: <laughs> However,
0: yeah. at Burning Man, we remember it.
1: <laughs> yes. And, uh, and the next one after that is participation. Our community is committed to a radically participatory ethic. We believe that transformative change, whether in the individual or in society, can occur only through the medium of deeply personal participation. We achieve being through doing. Everyone is invited to work. Everyone is invited to play. We make the world real through actions that open the heart.
0: And lastly, immediacy. Immediate experience is, in many ways, the most important touchstone of value in our culture. We seek to overcome barriers that stand between us and a recognition of our inner selves, the reality of those around us, participation in society, and contact with a natural world exceeding human powers. No idea can substitute for this experience.
1: Beautiful, beautiful, and then, beautiful.
0: Then there's an 11th one, which is being proposed, which is consent. And I don't know that there's a description because this is in the proposal realm. I don't think it's been officially adopted, and to the extent there is an official recognizing uh, organization, which to me is actually um, is actually an elaboration on the radical self-expression last line, which says in the spirit, in this spirit, the giver should respect the rights and liberties of the recipient. Mm. So you can, you can't say the gift i'm going to give you is a chance to get down with me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i mean you can say that but you have to be you have to be willing to take no for an answer
1: yeah respect people saying no and setting boundaries which is healthy exactly so um, those are the
0: 10 principles
1: yeah and and uh, another thing Steve, or going back to kind of like the culture as a whole we we talked about you know the 10 principles kind of being the the dna so to speak of the organization and acting as guidelines <clears throat> and um, going back to kind of uh, Burning Man as a metaphor, the metaphor that I had been really thinking of is that how Burning Man is a playground. And even just us reading through this right now kind of reinforces that idea. Um, but this this idea for me kind of came through, <clears throat> excuse me, um, thinking about the idea that, you know, there was a time for those of us that grew up in neighborhoods or cities uh, with playgrounds, there was a time where it was the last time you were at a playground. The last time your parent or caregiver uh, or whoever was responsible for you um, picked you up from the playground and you never went back unless you were with maybe your, you know, teenage age friends and were able to go by yourself. Um, but I bet if you were a teenager, like I was a teenager going to a playground, you, you played in a different way or didn't play at all and just kind of hung out there. So the idea is that, you know, there was a time when most all of us in our childlike form went to a playground and there was the last time we went there. And I see Burning Man as a playground. It's a big space with lots of interesting things happening. Uh, You meet up at a location with your friends and you want to explore something together. So instead of saying, hey, let's go on the slides and the monkey bars, it's, hey, let's go check out this art piece and then another one. But maybe along the way you run into a stranger who's also on the playground and they said, oh, we're going to go to this other cool thing over here. Do you want to come? And you can say, yeah, that sounds great. And so this act of childlike community and childlike exploration uh that we once had but don't really have a format for in our kind of adult lives um burning man and black rock city kind of offers that to us and even again reading through these principles a lot of these i think hold true on a on a childhood playground right even without it being on a signpost somewhere Um, you know you're a kid you show up and hopefully you're you're inclusive of strangers when you're playing on the swings Um, you are it's ideally a decommodified space uh, you're personally reliant or maybe reliant on a parent, but for the most part, you bring in what you have with you. You take it back out when you leave to make sure you go home with it. Um, you're participating, you're creating, you're experiencing something immediately. You know, I, I don't know about any of you, but time flew when you're on a playground, just kind of playing with your friends and you don't even know when recess is going to end. Um, but it's I just think that de
0: commodified,
1: <laughs> yeah, certainly decommodified. And so I just think that, you know, for me, it really hit me that, oh my gosh, I'm out here and I'm living what I used to do at some point. Uh, and there was just a gap because there was some time where I just left a playground, never went back. And there wasn't ever a place really afforded uh, to me to kind of rekindle those those experiences. And I think Burning Man, Black Rock City and the regional events are sort of a, a as close to that as you can get. Um, and this realization first occurred to me when I started going to more music festivals because those are also large, uh, you know, large geographical areas that you can kind of play around and say, okay, I'm going to go see this act. And then you meet up with a friend and they say, well, I'm going to see this act at this other one. And that's kind of the uh, the similar idea. But Burning Man is that like times, you know, a hundred. Because again, it's not just the music acts or the dancing. It's, you know, the conferences or the talks or the people that you meet at an art piece. Um, so I, I, you know, for me, I'm, <laughs> as as I kind of start, figuring out how I can really contribute and give back to the community and culture, I'm almost thinking like, wow, it'd be really cool if regional networks started building playgrounds in their communities and said, Hey, here's a playground from, uh, the Burning Man community. And and here's some guidelines that we recommend you, you play with when you're there. Um, you know what you've just
0: faded out for a second. Could you repeat that please?
1: Yes. Yeah. I was, I was giving my pitch for, uh, some future state where maybe regional networks, um, you know, build playgrounds in their local communities as a gift to the community um, and as a representation of these cultural values of, you know, being radically self-reliant and being decommodified and, you know, playing and having an immediate experience. Um, I I just think there's really something to this idea of Burning Man as a playground.
0: So I'm going to give a slight preview of a couple of the 10 principles because the 10 principles include radical self-reliance for example and there is certainly a group of people within Burning Man who have the motto keep burning man potentially fatal and they <laughs> aren't kidding about that because over the years when my friends first started going there was there were art sculptures first of all it was before the LEDs came into being now most uh-huh. of the art is LED art this was back when it was mostly fire art And they had constructed a little miniature roller coaster, and there were jets of propane that would shoot out across the path of the cart. Of course, not when the cart was in the path of the (laughs) propane, but, you know, maybe it could have malfunctioned. (laughs) So, uh, and and there was an element of that that you're going to – you see less and less as it grows in size. Just the insurance won't allow it at this point, you know, yada, yada, yada. But – uh, but the reason I say this is because we can get the regional groups to create all of these playgrounds in the spirit of Burning Man, and on the fence we can just say, you know, keep this playground potentially fatal and learn <laughs> radical self-reliance.
1: Every parents every parents dream to read that as they drop their kids off. But but I do. I mean, I I think there is a little bit of 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 truth to that. Even where you know, I had I have seen articles that say there's a movement to make playgrounds less you know, helicopter parenting, right? Where everything's padded and there's no way that you can hurt yourself and there's no way that you can explore taking risks. Um, and there's some playgrounds that are actually being designed for this idea of, hey, you know, one of them, I actually had a sign outside of it, I think in um, in New York City that says, uh, you know, do not disturb kids at play. And it's just, you know, pallets of wood and different things that they build. And it's encouraging, thoughtful, <laughs> a pile mindful of rusty risk-taking. nails
0: over in one end.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Well, this is a deeper conversation and it actually doesn't have to do directly with Burning Man, but about about training people. Actually, the way that it relates to Burning Man is that people of a certain generation or later, I think grew up in a very different environment with respect to the safety they were raised to expect as kids. Mm. Because certainly when I grew up as a kid, You know, we would just ride our bicycles. I I lived uh, for when I was uh, under twelve. I lived in Miami, Florida, near the edge of the city, or near enough to the edge that I could ride out into the. I guess it wasn't the Everglades, but basically ride out into undeveloped land that was full of forests and trees and things. And me and kids would do that for a day. Mm -hmm. We would just go zipping off. That would be inconceivable today to have some a kid, a bunch of kids from an urban environment ride off with. You know, we didn't have cell phones, so we were just literally incommunicado all day and we didn't think anything of it because that was the way things were and i'm sure at some point during our podcast i will tell the story of meeting someone at burning man who clearly was very used to being taken care of mm-hmm. and was having tremendous difficulty appreciating an environment in which no one was going to take care of her in which it was all on her and you know and it's and believe it or not it's cool tremendous power comes from deciding to take ownership of your experience and taking ownership of it. You know, it's, it's awesome. Um, and speaking of taking ownership of, of our experience, um, uh, we're pretty much at the half hour mark. And I think, I think we should wrap it up so that we have more to talk about next time.
1: That sounds great. I know you wanted to uh, add a bit about radical inclusion, so we can make sure we get that in on the next one, unless you want to uh, grab a bit now, but Um,
0: Oh yeah, I guess, well, you know what now we'll talk about that in the, in the radical inclusion episode, which might be the next
1: one. Perfect.
0: All right. Thank you. Um, once again, I'm Stever Robbins. I am also the host of the get it done guy podcast. And and I'm
1: Evan Schulman, and I don't host a podcast, but I'm loving our conversations, uh, Stever. And so looking forward to the ones that we have coming up.
0: Yay. And I hope that everyone listening, uh, joins us as well for the future. See you soon. Bye. See ya.